Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. And uh, if you tuned in for last month's episode, you are already familiar with Stephanie St. Faust. And if you haven't, you probably should go take a listen to that one first. Uh, She is a lover of craft spirits, and she helps craft stories around these spirits that are coming from small um, small agricultural productions here in France. So, uh, so welcome to well, welcome back, Stephanie. Great to see you. You as well. Happy to be back. Uh, do you want to, for those who might not have listened to last month, do you want to just give them a little rundown on you and what you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I am the owner and the director of a company here in France called Lucent, and we are a brand development company that helps get. Uh, producers onto the spirits market, uh, primarily focused on uh, small agriculture producers. Uh, well, we, <laughs> we will put links to your business in the show notes. And, uh, and you know, people can listen, like I said, to last month's episode where we do talk about what you're doing with small, with small um, farms and helping them craft spirits to go into these bottles and then get that word out. But what we're going to talk about today, listeners, is, you know, a, a topic that's very buzzy, excuse the pun, but we're going to talk about bees. And uh, and I think we all are very familiar with the plight of the bees and the importance of bees. But, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about that, about the importance of bees uh, in the, uh, the, I don't know, the agricultural landscape, the ecological landscape, the ecosystem why that's important, why that's important here in France. And, you know, and that's also going to push through and why it's important uh, uh, for the spirits that are coming out of these small farms in France. So maybe, you know, I know probably all of my listeners know that bees are important, but can you tell people, like, just give everybody sort of a, just in case they, they know they're important, but they're not really sure. Why are the bees so important for us? Well, uh, bees are our hardest working pollinators and pollinators uh, make up and they're responsible for two thirds out of all of the crops that we grow for food. So more often than not, what's on your table is because of bees and without them, you're not going to have such a colorful variety to choose from. So, I mean, so that's it really like the bees, they're running around, they're pollinating all these different fruits and veg um, so they can grow, right? What what are the what are the other pollinators besides bees? Like if we're not, not looking to bees to do this, who's gonna show, carry that burden? Right. Uh, there are quite a few of them. So there are different insects, usually insects that fly, even birds, like hummingbirds that actually mistakenly, not purposely, take nectar and pollen from one flower to another. And bats, bats are actually a big pollinator. Wow, I had no idea about that. You never really think about the like nocturnal flyy things to be out there also pollinating our 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 I don't know our vegetable patches. Um, that's pretty cool. I like bats anyway, so it's nice to know that they're also doing besides eating the mosquitoes that that bother me. They're also doing some good things for um for the you know the growth of our fruit and veg. But yeah, I mean, I think that you know I think lots of statistics are out there, and I think that most people are aware. Uh, that without the bees, we're going to have a pretty sad state of affairs when it comes to 
fruit and veg and what we can eat and diversity. And, you know, I've heard very extreme, uh, extreme statistics that, you know, if we don't, if the bees disappear, basically the human population disappears, you know, at some point in time after, I don't know, I'm not a scientist or an apiarist, but, um, but I, I know that it's, it's, it's dire, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, bees, the population of bees and particularly honeybees as well, it's been declining year after year. And we can't say it's going to be doomsday without the bees, but people will be hungry and you're not going to have as many options. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so when we're talking about bees, let's see, I, I know everybody loves the honeybee. Um, uh, do we do we need to talk about other bees? I mean, are there certain ones that are working harder than others? Um, are the other what are there certain ones that are more responsible or less responsible for what we've got on our plate? Or maybe I'm going beyond the scope of of you know what we should talk about here. But if you know anything, I, I'm super curious to hear. A big subject. I <laughs> it's a huge subject. I think there's something like twenty five thousand different species of bees. So I'm definitely not the person to sit down and walk you through it, but I'm sure if you find a beekeeper who wants to sit down and have a cocktail with you, they would be delighted to run through all of the specifics there. It's just a never ending subject. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. And that's actually a really good idea. I might try to find a beekeeper. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I actually am uh, for next month's episode that's coming out. Uh, we've got an interview with a, another spirits maker who is in Normandy because they make Calvados and they also talk a little bit about the bees and they talk about um, how important uh, growing different crops are for bees. You know, these things like growing the, the apple trees is really great because the bees like that as opposed to just growing. Absolutely. So, um, so we will be talking a little bit more about bee related topics um soon so stay tuned for that but let's um, bring us back to this one so um so tell us a little bit now you work with Erica Spirits um tell us a little bit about what that means for the bees right so Erica Spirit is a line of spirits produced in Bergerac in the Dordogne uh and what makes this line of spirits very special is that it is made by a beekeeper named Paul who is probably one of the happiest people I've ever met <laughs> and he puts a bit of his honey from his over 500 hives into each distillation and it really changes the profile of every spirit but more than anything, it's helping to put a new value on his honey and create a new platform for him to talk about the plight of bees. That's excellent. And I know, you know, I was working through some of the samples of the gin, the Erica Spirits gin. And so I noticed, for example, there's the dry gin, but then there's the springtime gin. I'm assuming that's honey that was... Um, the bees were pollinating in the springtime and uh, so it changed the flavor of the honey. And I do notice just from when I do buy honey in our area in the Perche, because there are quite a lot of bee conservationist efforts there and um, a lot of honey. Uh, there's a definite distinct difference on the honey in the springtime where we are. It's because the, the bees are eating a lot of or pollinating a lot of colza or uh, rapeseed. And so it makes the um, the honey a lot more creamier and it's got a different color and it's totally different. So um, I really noticed a difference on the Erica gin on the springtime one. And uh, 
that was a long way of saying, so what's the story? Is that it? Is it, you know, honey, that's from the springtime? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So he definitely uses a few types of honey in uh, his products. Uh, and yes, you're right for the, the Renaissance. It is a gin that was released for 2021. So every year, Erica releases a new springtime gin. Uh, and the profile is always going to be different because the honey changes for every season as well. So it's with the spring honey and a focus on the flowers that are growing in the area at that time. And of course, for the gin renaissance, it's elderflower. So that's that very, it's a very floral gin. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Like very, yep. It's very in your face. Uh, and then for his dry gin uh, and the Navy strength gin, he uses what he's really known for, which is his black honey. And the black honey is being made from Erica plants. And this is where Erica gets its name. His honeybees pollinate and make honey from Erica plants, which is a species of plant that it's like a wild plant that flowers. So it has little violet flowers, white flowers, blue flowers, all of this. So every uh, bottle does indeed have a certain type of honey. Interesting. So uh, first of all, I've never heard about the Eric plant. So that's very interesting. I'm going to look it up. Maybe I'll put a picture in the show notes for you guys who are listening. Um, so yeah, that's very interesting. Now, how uh, I, I'm curious about the logistics of all of this. Does he just throw out some Erica plants in a certain area and bees have there and then some other things? Like it's, you know, it's not like you're going to like rodeo the little bees into little like areas. So how do, how do you just get like one type of, I'm not formulating this question very well, but how do you know, like these bees are all in the Erica plants, these bees are all in these other springtime flowers, or maybe that's not the case. I don't know. How does that work? I honestly, it's really about the seasons. So what Paul does as part of a job as a beekeeper is he provides homes for these bees for them to build their hives. Um, or he builds the hives for them. They make a home inside of it. And for every season, you have different herbs and wildflowers that are blossoming. So it's really about season and they can go a little bit everywhere. I think, uh, for example, in spring, you have lots of elderflowers coming up. So that takes priority more so than all of the other flowers and and herbs and everything available at the moment, because even if there are other plants that they're pollinated and bringing in to make their honey, the prominent flavor there is elderflower. Okay. That makes sense. Seasonally, just like we were talking about the springtime. So, okay, that's very cool. So what else does Paul do um, to help his honeybees? I mean, are there, are there other things as a beekeeper or, you know, that in good conscience you should do to help the conservation of the bees other than provide homes for them? Is there anything else that Erica does around that that is interesting to know? Absolutely. He keeps a, a property that uh, sticks to natural agriculture. So it's somewhat wild. Uh, absolutely no chemicals are being used, no excessive uh uh, farming uh, intensive farming practices, and he is lucky enough to be within a region where all of his neighbors follow the same lead. It's a natural agriculture first and foremost, uh, and this is what helps allow the honeybee to thrive. 
the decline in bees that you are seeing throughout the world is because of intensive farming practices or monocropping and obviously climate change, but it's a lot of the things that we're doing ourselves here on the lands using chemicals that are literally killing off the bee. So one of the biggest things he is doing is keeping it all natural. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, so just looking more at this connection between kind of, I know I, I'm oversimplifying when I say bee to bottle, and obviously there's, um, there, there is a connection between the bees and what they're pollinating and the honey that's created and what goes into the bottle. But I mean, can we go so far as to say that the, the bees are also really helping to keep the agricultural agricultural um, like products going. So we also have the um, base, the raw material to make the spirits from. I mean, I really am looking for more uh, like a deeper, like look into how do, how are those bees helping us put stuff in bottles and, you know, yeah. make the stuff that goes in the bottles. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, they're exactly, especially when you're making a gin uh, with different, uh, herbs and flowers and whatnot. Uh, these bees are going and pollinating all of the plants that are going into these bottles, but also all of his neighbors who are big time producers who are helping to put food on the tables throughout all of France. So that's actually something that's really cool in my mind about being a beekeeper is you're really kind of helping everyone. You're not just a helper to the bees, you're a helper to all of your neighbors. I think a bee uh, can go something like 10 miles out from their hive or more in a day, just pollinating all of these different plants before they come home and, and deposit their pollen for the day to store for later to make their honey. So yeah, they are, they're, they're really just the helping hand for humankind, if you think of it. Excellent. Excellent. And does he sell his honey as well? Or is it just strictly honey is made for? Yeah. Yeah, he does actually, because he really is a beekeeper. His primary activity is selling his honey year round. Uh, like many other small farms, they, he started Erica spirits with two friends as a way to put new value on honey, but also to help create some new, uh, cash flows for the farm. Excellent. Um, does, so does he create the spirit out of something that he grows on the farm or are they using spirits that they're getting from other places? So he is actually working with all of his neighbors who are also profiting from his bees. <laughs> uh, they have wheat from a nearby field. He has herbs and flowers from his own property. Uh, he can't produce enough roses for the old Tom gin. So that's actually coming from a neighbor as well. And all of this is actually being distilled in cognac. Nice. It sounds like it's sort of a, a local community affair with a little bit of, you know, a little bit coming from various places, but all of it's happening here in France, which is really nice. Um, and if people are interested in trying Erica spirits, uh, now, Oh, actually, we're gonna try. Uh, people are interested in trying the spirits. Where can where can they find it? Well, you can find it directly on the Erica website, ericaspirit.com. You can also find it uh, at lixir.com, uh, which is a great uh, direct to consumer website online. 
and you can also, if you're in Paris, there are many bars who carry Erica, such as Little Red Door, White, uh, Ivy Cocktail Bar, Andy Walu. You can walk in and find Erica on their shelves and have a taste. Excellent. And those are some bars that I really like. So I will put them all also in the show notes just to remind people that I encourage people to go into those bars anyway. So even a nicer... <laughs> The nicer bonus knowing that um, that they can go in and get some of this. So um, now I believe um, that, correct me if I'm wrong. So there's the, there's the um, gin, there's the old top gin, there's the springtime gin, there's the dry gin, there's the vodka. Um, I'm, there's a fifth one that I'm missing now. I was just trying to look at the site really quickly. What's that? The Navy strength gin, oh, which the, clocked at 57%. Yes. Exactly. The Navy strength. And then also, is there a hydro male there? Yeah, it's the mead. Yep. Yep. So tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us a little bit about the mead. So mead, uh, if you're not familiar with it, is basically a, a spirit made out of honey and water that's fermented. It's over 4,000 years old and one of the oldest wines we know of. Uh, and this bottle in general, Labela, made by Erica Spirit, is just a beautiful portrayal of the work that the honey bee does. Uh, and when you open it, it's just so floral and so strong. I use it for so many cocktails at the moment this summer, and it literally just takes a few drops to add a beautiful perfume to any cocktail. So if you have not had mead, I highly encourage you to go out and try it. It is gaining a lot of popularity in places like Mexico City and in uh, the southwest of the U.S. right now, and slowly but surely here in Europe, and especially here in France. So I guarantee you, you're going to see more and more hydromel, as they as we call it here, available on the market. But there is something to be said. Of course, I'm biased because I am a huge advocate of drinking and eating locally. Uh, buying and supporting a hydromel made by a French beekeeper here in France. Because, of course, you'll start seeing lots of different means and hydromels coming from a little bit all over the world being imported or maybe even made by a company here in France, but they're buying their honey from out of the country. So I, I honestly just remember to pay attention to where things are being made and try to support local agriculture. Is that a good way maybe to encourage people to do more beekeeping activities, to drink more mead? Honestly, why not? <laughs> why not? You see so much more, like more and more urban beekeeping happening on the rooftops of Paris and Lyon and a little bit everywhere. Here in the countryside where I live in Sonnet Loire, it's absolutely normal if even if you just have a garden of 500 square meters that you keep at least one hive. So why not try your hands at making some meat at home? <laughs> well, now you've inspired me. I do not have a hive, but now it's not like I need one more, um, one more hobby, but now I'm kind of thinking, hmm, well, honey, well, water. Um, yeah. Or maybe, maybe I will do the easier thing, which is buy some honey from some local beekeepers instead. But, uh, but you know, you never know, maybe talking to you about my mead next time. Um, 
Excellent. So speaking of cocktails and speaking about um, Erica, I know that you've got some cocktails that you'd like to make with Erica products. So have you got a cocktail of the month that you would like to share with us? Oh, yeah. So for me, it's it's very, very simple. But because I keep a garden, uh, especially in the summertime, like many people who keep a garden, we have an abundance of tomatoes. I always have a large uh, batch of tomato shrub that I make to keep me through the summer. So I use the Erica dry gin with a bit of tomato shrub, throw in some cucumber. And to add that extra bit of perfume, I drop uh, about, I don't know, 20, 10 to 20 centiliters of the Erica Hydromel Labella. And what you have is a beautiful summer cocktail. Nice. That sounds delicious. Okay. So you've got gin. About how much of the gin do you put in there? Uh, For me, I do 40 centiliters of, um, sorry, 40 milliliters of the dry gin Mm -hmm. and about 20 of the tomato shrub and about 10 of the labela. You put it over clear ice, keep some clear ice at home (laughs) as I do, throw in a little bit of cucumber and it's just magnificent. I loved the, I love the sound of that. I will put the details in the show notes. So if people didn't get that, they can go back and read about it. And, um, I love the sound of it because it sounds really refreshing, but it also sounds nice and savory and, um, shrubs are super fun to work with. For those of you who might not know, shrubs is sort of this, um, way to preserve your fruits and your vegetables. Um, with vinegar, are you putting a little sugar in your shrub as well? Sugar, tomato, and vinegar. Um, I will put a recipe for um, tomato shrub in the show notes as well, just so people can get out there and and use their summer bounty of tomatoes and make some shrub and make this cocktail because it just sounds it sounds like a kind of like a a lightened up bloody mary savory tasty little summer sip. I really love uh, it. Perfume, it's beautiful, uh, particularly with the dry gin uh, made by Erica. They use uh, sancho pepper. So it really has a bite to it. It's just, it's perfect. Excellent. I've already been talking to um, some friends about cocktails they're going to be making on a little holiday. We're all going holiday together. So I may be doing that. However, by the time this show airs in a couple of months, that will have already happened because we're we're recording in the summer. So I'm thinking about how beautiful that's going to be around the pool in the summer. So, um, but this will be, this will play, play after my holidays. But um, yeah, well, thank you so much for, talking to me about the bees and kind of how they affect what's going into the bottles here. Is there anything else that you think listeners um, should know about Erica spirits, uh, maybe where to find them online or um, sure. how to follow you? I, I would like to share is that Erica, as I had mentioned, you can find them online on their website, ericaspirit.com or online through the boutique at luxier.com. Uh, they also have three liters bag and box, as we call it box, uh, dry gin, lady strength, and uh, their vodka palooka available. Uh, So this is a very green way to keep some gin on hand if you're like me and you go through quite a bit of it at home. And soon you'll be seeing uh, new types of spirits come out from Erica Spirit, which is really exciting by spring 2023. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. It's pretty exciting stuff. I'm super excited about your, about your BIBs or, you know, that's kind of the the box thing for some people who don't call them BIBs or, um, but yeah, uh, spirits in a box. There's a few different uh, things coming out right now. I've seen it. I've seen a few more brands coming out with spirits, uh, with boxed spirits 
And then there's a new really exciting product called Eco Spirit, which is the which are these reusable um, box, kind of reusable like uh, kegs of spirits that so that um, people can can refill them. Which I also I can't believe somebody hasn't done that before. They'll be actually I'm interviewing them on the show, so stick around for the uh, I think um, show after next. I'll be talking to somebody from Eco Spirit. So super excited about ways to reduce um, the bottles and the packaging and. And just make it a little bit more environmentally friendly for the bottles. And it's also just, it's just convenient just to have one big, one big bag of gins and those to several bottles. Um, so very cool to know. Very cool. Well, thanks very much um, for taking the time to talk to us. And I think that's pretty much a wrap for this month's, month's episode. Uh, again, people come back next month. I will be talking to the founders of Avalon Calvados, and they're going to be talking about how um, they have been building a sustainable brand, and there's actually quite a lot of B backstory to that as well. And uh, if you're looking for more cocktail talk in between episodes, head over to my site, 52martinis.com. If you want to carry them around in your pocket, um, you can download my iOS app, Paris Cocktails. It's where you can find different bars, straight cocktails in Paris. As always, thank you listeners for um, downloading or tuning in. Thank you to World Radio Paris for editing and production. Thank you to Sun Little for the music that we use. Uh, don't forget, I will be putting links to everything Stephanie and I talked to in the show notes. So if you can't remember it all, just pop down to the show notes. As usual, I remind you to drink responsibly. And one last last ask, um, you know, if you're listening and you like what we're doing, uh, head over, I encourage you to head over to iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to this and leave a review. I understand that makes it easier for other people to find the show. And it just makes me know I'm not just talking to myself and that somebody is really listening out there. So until next time, cheers. In the-